What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. couple of housekeeping items at the top. If you watch the full DFS video that is out and available, came out on Monday, uh, what I did is I made a special request. I asked you to fill out a survey uh, that is very short. It should take you about, I don't know, two minutes to answer, just asking... Uh, what daily fantasy sites you play on, the type of content that you are looking for, and if you have any suggestions or questions about go- fantasy golf or golf wagering. And the reason that I'm doing that is because I'm going to be taking a few weeks in between the end of the, uh, uh, basically the first week of December uh, through January or the first of January, where there are no PGA Tour events, and I'm going to be redoing a lot of the tools and making a lot of upgrades to the database. So now is your time to get in any special requests, any comments, or anything that you would like to see. Uh, in return for that, what I've said I would do is I would kind of empty out uh, some of the merch and stuff that I have available. I've got. Um, you know, I've got Rick Rungood, I've got go- uh, golf balls, I've got water bottles that I created for the DFS Open, I've got t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts and all that good stuff, so I'll randomly select some people who filled out that survey, and hopefully it's, um, you're you're helping me help you, that's, that's the point. The other thing, the other housekeeping item, uh, if you are in New Jersey and you do not have a William Hill account yet, uh, they are currently offering what I think might be the best offer I've ever seen thus far. You can get up to a $500 free bet if you make a new account. Uh, go to rickrungood.com slash Hill for that information uh, or use the code Rick. 500 when you sign up only in new jersey right now hoping to be in indiana soon colorado soon um i think west virginia soon so coming for you there's a lot of great uh, a lot of great offers and deals and honestly this helps me it helps you to win-win situation well helps will hilt win-win-win um all right i think that is enough of the housekeeping stuff let's jump into this week's shriners hospitals open the tournament predictor tool. If you're new, welcome. Uh, this is a tool that I, I like it. Quite frankly, I don't love it. Uh, I think it helps accomplish a lot of things, uh, and I think it'll help this week. But some weeks, it can be a little bit wonky, and here's why. Because this tool, um, the way it is designed, uses uh, historical numbers to determine uh, the likelihood of each golfer getting to the winning score. So let's call it 13 strokes gained on average. You can adjust that 13, 14, 15, whatever you want and see all the numbers adjust. Uh, the only problem I've seen with this tool, and it's not, not a problem this week, uh, but in, in some of the really weak field events, you don't have guys that have the upside historically to gain that many strokes to the field. Now, uh, obviously someone's going to win that golf tournament still. So what I'm going to redo is rework this. And this is part of that, uh, real, you know, I don't want to call it Rick run good V2 because Rick run goods in version 150 by now with, with constant updates. Uh, this is going to look different in the future, but for tournaments like this and for the next stretch of golf that we're going to play, I think it's going to be really good. So it might not impact us again. Um, before I update this with a really weak field. But anyway, 
What this then points out is how often a golfer can get to a winning score and if that is more often than the in, the the odds from bookmakers uh, would indicate that he is going to win the golf tournament. So that's that's what we're trying to compare those two numbers against one another. Bryson DeChambeau, he is currently listed at 7-1 to one to win this golf tournament, 7.5-1. to one. Um, I called him the odds-on favorite. That is technically not true. So someone pointed this out to me, and he's absolutely right. Uh, the odds-on favorite is not a way to describe a guy who is seven and a half to one. Uh, he is the shortest odds. He's the most likely to win. But an odds-on favorite would have been like when Tiger was minus one twenty in the 2000s, and it was literally like him versus the field. Uh, that is not the case, but that is a shorthand way of saying that Bryson uh, has the shortest odds. So that's that's why if you hear me say that, that's what I'm talking about. The current version of the tournament predictor uh, has Bryson DeChambeau getting to the winning score about 8% of the time. Uh, to pay off Seven and a half percent, seven and a half to one. Bryson's going to have to win about twelve and a half percent of the time. Now, uh, what you have to take into account here is the the transformation, the trajectory of Bryson DeChambeau has uh, drastically changed very recently. So this uses uh, multiple years worth of data to see floor, to see a golfer ceiling, and it hasn't caught up to Bryson yet. So I actually think that. He is better than the tournament predictor would indicate. And quite frankly, uh, on a gut feel level of this, I've already bet him. Um, I rarely, you guys know this, I, I embrace the volatility in golf. I understand that the best players in the world can go out and miss a cut. They can go out and finish 22nd. They can go out and whatever. It's really hard to win golf tournaments. Uh, so I rarely bet the shortest guy in the field. The problem with Bryson is I really can't find too much of a negative at this point. I mean, I could make a case that he has a U.S. Open hangover. Sure. Um, I, I think that's the only knock against him. I mean, this this should literally be a great place for him to go bombing around uh, without regard for accuracy. Uh, he puts excellent if this turns into a putting contest he makes a ton of birdies if this turns into a birdie fest um even if the wind kicks and we'll talk about this wednesday on the live stream check in on the weather a little bit it, it might kick over the course of the week even if it does that and it gets tougher i think that even puts bryson in a better spot like i can't make a case he's he's won here before like i can't make a case for not bryson uh so for me it's it's going to be bryson at the top he starts my betting card uh, the, the, the model gives a slight head, uh, a slight nod to Webb Simpson, uh, at being about fairly priced. Uh, maybe there is a bit of positive expected value in Webb Simpson at 10 to one. He's also one here, but the big expected values, the, the positive guys are both Patrick Cantlay and Colin Morikawa. And they kind of make sense, right? So Cantlay, I have getting to the winning score about 10.5% of the time. Based on his 20 to 1 odds, that has him winning, you know, he has to win the golf tournament, what, a little over 5% of the time to pay off. So I've got nearly double that in expected value and positive expected value. So uh, Cantlay has not played as well recently. He has been absolutely dominant at TPC Summerlin, and the model loves him. Uh, my gut is 
says no. My model says yes. Uh, the guy that both the model and my gut say yes on is Colin Morikawa. So Morikawa, very similarly to uh, to Patrick Cantlay, almost twice the amount of positive expected value, meaning that I think Colin Morikawa gets to the winning score about 9% of the time. Based on his odds, he needs to win about 4 4.5%, depending on maybe 5%, depending on where you are shopping. But either way, still, he's got nearly twice that in positive expected value. This was the guy. Uh, Morikawa was the guy, and I mentioned this Monday, I might have tweeted it out, I definitely talked about it in the Slack, like, I don't know why the number is what it is. I thought he should have been the third shortest odds, and actually, depending on where you're at, he's already been bet from 22 to 20, and I, I still think, so now he's in, so I'm looking at DraftKings right now. Cantlay, Finau, Morikawa, all are 20 to 1. That is not the way he opened. So depending on where you're getting him, you might be getting, you might be able to get him at 22. Um, I could not figure out why he wasn't solidified as the third favorite in this field or the third shortest odds. Uh, does everything right. Uh, still going to be an advantage if you put the ball in the fairway, even though you know there's not a huge penalty if you miss the fairway. And he has been a better putter than the public perceives him to be since the restart. So. I, I, again, have already bet Colin Morikawa. So my card now looks like Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa, and now the way that I do this, which is usually a very tight card, right? I'm not spraying 30 bets out there like I know um, like some of my buddies do, quite frankly, or I have in the past. Uh, I try to keep a very tight card. So when I do it with, with Bryson... And when I do it with Morikawa, those are two fairly short guys. I have to go pretty far down the board here to find someone else that I think is worth it. And uh, it should be no surprise to you based on any comments that I've made in the DFS video or anything like that. Uh, the guy that I that I settled on is Denny McCarthy at 80-1. to 1. And uh, for Denny, it's just very clear that the game is turning in a way that I think is going to potentially win him golf tournaments, right? He's starting to hit the ball a lot better. He's already the best putter on the PGA Tour for two consecutive years. He's in the midst of a really good ball striking run right now. We're going to find out if this is the new version of Denny or if this is uh, kind of fluky. I think it's hard to be a great ball striker or be significantly better than your baseline for six straight tournaments and call that a fluke. I guess we'll find out, uh, but I, I really like the way that Denny is is rolling right now. Um, outside of that, the, that that's what my initial like my three guys on my betting card looked like. I might end up sprinkling in like a Matthew Wolf. I think he's pretty interesting. At um, you can give him at twenty eight. It's pretty short for what my card would would normally look like. I probably want someone in the fifty to sixty range, maybe like a Joaquin Neiman at fifty five to one, maybe even Louis at forty. Those are the guys that I would be a bit more focused on uh, to see if if they could fill out or round out a a betting card for me. All right, let's turn our attention to some head-to-head matchups. Speaking of tools, this is a tool that I just love. This tool might not even get touched. Um, I might make it visually more attractive, but the head-to-head matchup simulator um, might be, you know, that that it's it's very well built. The math is so strong behind it. Uh, That might be something that stays for a while. Maybe if I can figure out a way to add a third guy, maybe a three ball 
that might be the only way this changes. But um, really great tool here. I'm going to change the the date range for me uh, to be from January 1st, 2020 to the current day. You can obviously change this and go as far back as you like. That to me is a big enough sample size. Uh, there were a couple of very interesting matchups that I saw here that I want to run through. Uh, this one I saw was interesting. Jason Day. And I have no idea what 2020 is going to show for these guys. I bet you Jason Day is the favorite here versus Ricky Fowler. Let's see. Yeah, Day gets the nod. Now, this is one I probably wouldn't bet. Uh, Ricky Fowler minus 118 on DraftKings. Jason Day minus 112. You know, like, okay, and the simulator has Jason Day at 53%. So he it has Jason Day as a small favorite, um, which is a bit contradictory to the way that, that DraftKings has it. But to me, there's too many unknowns here, right? You know, Jason Day had a four-event stretch uh Kind of in the last, you know, since the after the restart towards the FedEx Cup playoffs, where he played really well. Uh, Ricky Fowler's looked like he's close a couple of times going through those swing changes. I, I almost my my personal gut feel on this leans towards Ricky, who had a couple of weeks off since the U.S. Open to be able to kind of try to get the the the, the finishing touches on those swing changes. He's played really well at uh, TPC Summerlin in the, I think he's only played here four times. I, my gut wants Ricky here. The math doesn't love it. Uh, so it's probably a no bet. Who else do we have? I mean, we could do Bryson versus Webb. I mean, this could be pretty interesting because they're both strokes gained animals. Like they both just absolutely dominate in strokes gain numbers. Um, Okay, I have Bryson at 54% to win this. So minus 121, I see him at minus 134. So probably not going to bet it. It's not close enough. Let's see if we can find one that is actually a bet here. Harris English versus Paul Casey. I bet you that would be pretty lopsided. Harris English piles up strokes gained, which is obviously what this is looking at. And Paul Casey's been okay. Yeah, see, here's a big one. So in the, since 2020, and there's a couple things that, that drive this. Harris English, um, so I have Harris English at 70% to win a four-round matchup with Paul Casey. That's a massive number, okay? When you're talking about head-to-head matchups, it's massive. Um, it puts him. It puts his, what his money line should be at about minus 240. He's only minus 125. Now, there's a couple things to consider here. Paul Casey hasn't played as much uh so his like strokes gain numbers especially coming over he has a much smaller sample size to work with than harris english harris english not only has a bigger bigger sample size but he's been phenomenal i mean um he he's tied with uh adam shank for the longest active cut streak in this field uh it's the fifth active fifth longest active cut streak on the pga tour at the moment he is a strokes gained monster he's probably like top eight in this field in strokes gained since January of 2020. Uh, so he plays a lot and he plays well. And and when, when you put that against one other random golfer, which is what a head-to-head matchup is, you know, what finishing position does it take to win a head-to-head matchup? Like if, if every single event Harris English finished T18, he would win a ton of head-to-head matchups, uh, which is what kind of goes into this calculation. So it is jarring to see anybody be a 70% favorite. Um, I think there's a sample size issue on Paul Casey's side, but I also think that there is a 
real story to be tell told about Harris English and how good he's been over the course of the year that you really can't overlook this. So this is the one that I would probably bet, bet. Harris English over Paul Casey. Uh, it passes the eye test and it passes the math test as well. All right, let's talk one and done. Uh, we'll start with the standings for the run good one and done, which is moving along very nicely. Uh, Sweet Dank retains his lead. Logan Dempsey continues to stay up near the top. Uh, there were no, no Sergio picks for the Sanderson Farms, but a lot of you got $201,000 from Cameron Davis, uh, from Charlie Hoffman. Lunas with Charlie Hoffman, uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Ventura got you 201,000. Denny McCarthy got you 201,000. So there were a lot of, uh, th- that was it. So I think for the second straight week, basically, you know, $200,000 was the most that anybody got. So we're moving along nicely. Plenty of, uh, golfers still available. We can look at, let's just for, for, for kicks here. Let's look at sweet dank who is in the lead. Let's look at his picks for, the year. So let's see what he's done. Uh, so we opened up at Corrales. So I, I, I'll actually put a week in here so that we can sort this by, uh, by the order that they went in. So it would have been, no, it would have been Safeway, Harold Varner, the third 41,000. Then it would have been the U S open. That's the big boy that gets you Bryson 2.2 Corrales, Charlie Hoffman, 65,000. And then zero from Lucas Glover at the Sanderson Farms Championship. So Sweet Dank, that is his path to the lead right now. I think we've got 46 events to go, something like that. A um, couple things I'll look to add here. I will add a week so that we can sort accordingly, uh, so you can see the order. And I will add um, probably an easier way to maybe find yourself or see what your standing is uh, as we go through here. So Keep an eye out for those updates moving forward. Now, I think that this is actually a very difficult week to decide what to do in one and done because historically, this is a very strong field. Um, You know, we would normally not have Bryson DeChambeau, Webb Simpson. I mean, we'd we'd get Patrick Cantlay. I mean, Kyle Morikawa, Hideki. Like, we wouldn't get all of these guys. And, And there's a case to be made that a couple of things here. Uh, if you want to play one of these guys at the top, there's better places to play them like a Bryson. If you haven't already used him, um, you know, you probably want to save him for, I think he's going to be now be incredibly popular for Augusta, right? I think that's, that's natural. Um, Webb, Webb has like four natural fits, right? Play him at waste management, play him at Wyndham. I don't think you have to play him here. Can't lay is probably the most natural fit. And I am on the record and I certainly feel this way. You know, he hasn't been playing all that great. And I find it hard to believe that sometimes, you know, you just, you don't, you're not playing well. You just show up to a place that you've had great success and all of a sudden it clicks again. Um, I still think that when, when, okay, so I'll put a pin in Cantlay for a second. I think he's the most natural fit. Finau, Fine. I think Finau, you know, a lot of times we're going to say, yeah, Finau's fine here. I never think he's your first or second or third choice, but he's okay. Um, You know, Morikawa can win anywhere. You don't really need to deploy him here. Hideki, a lot of people save for waste management. So, so 
I guess what I'm getting at is this. Um, Cantlay's probably the best one and done play. Because if you look at Patrick Cantlay, um, and we can do this right here, you know, he only has what, one top 30 since work day? Uh, so like six or seven events. Now, here is his chart. Here is his career averages by tournament. He averages $914,000 at the Shriners. The only thing that even competes with that is the Valspar, which he's played twice. He missed the cut and finished second. Uh, I mean, you talk about the Memorial, which he's won. He's only averaging $540,000 there. So you can see if you're watching the video version of this, his chart is like, it's very clear. There is one tournament um, where he's had the most success in his here at Shriners. I think he's the play this week. Um, you could make a case to, I don't know. Let's, let's think. What's the case to be made for any of these? Okay, so I think if you're not going to play Cantlay, if you wanted to be a little bit different, and this really kind of depends on what your one and done is. In the run good one and done, we're in week five, right? Like, do I have to be that different? Probably not. <laughs> um, so I think Cantlay's a pretty good pick. If you're if you're in a if you're in a, a, a league that is either winding down, uh, maybe it is, um, you know, maybe it goes to the master something like that. And you're trying to make up ground, probably don't want to play Cantlay. You know, I'd be probably looking at someone like a, I'll tell you what, Scotty Scheffler, uh, in both, I don't, I don't know what is, we'll talk about it on Wednesday, what his projected ownership is going to be in the live chat in fantasy purposes and in potentially one and done. I think Scotty Scheffler is a pretty good pivot. You know, he was a fine play last week. He was obviously shaking off the rust, um, that was loud. Why not just roll him out again? Um, or maybe like a Matthew Wolf. I think Matthew Wolf is interesting, right? I think this game, I've said this a thousand times, maturing at a rapid rate. He is not, uh, he doesn't have a natural fit yet, right? You know, he's one to three M, but it's not necessarily a place you need to roll him out. Let's look at Matthew Wolf really quickly here. This is the one and done tool, by the way, which I also love. Um, yeah, I mean, he just has he just has so many events. He's only played once, so he's 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 made one point three million on average at the U.S. Open. Well, that's one start. You know, Rocket Mortgage again, eight hundred thousand, but that's two starts. Uh, PGA Championship, three M Open. You know, I guess the three M Open he finished first and twelfth. So maybe that's his most natural fit. But it's hard to have a lot of natural fits when you are in your like he's going to be playing a lot of these events for the second time. So I would not mind using him here but i think it's a patrick cantlay week and i think a lot of people are going to play patrick cantlay um if you want to go deeper if you're really desperate louis uh if you're really desperate you know how i feel about denny mccarthy uh christopher ventura even i mean he's been playing well but i don't think you have to go that deep um let me know what you think about that tweet me at rick run good leave a comment below also don't forget wednesday 10 a.m. Eastern time. We are going to do the live chat. You can send the link in the description. You can go drop your questions right now. Um, whatever you want. Fantasy, betting, life, business, whatever you want to talk about, drop it in the chat. We will go through it. I will see you Wednesday morning. Good luck this week.